Welcome back. <laughs> I'm still black and it's your host, Fluid Flower. Welcome back, my orchids, to another episode of Fluid Thoughts. Coming at you every Tuesday, fresh and ready. You can stream this podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon. You can go directly to my website. The link is in the bio. I just discovered Linktree because I was like, wait, how can I put multiple links in my Instagram bio? Oh, wait, use Linktree like everyone else has been doing for the past eight years. Anyway, um, yeah, check out the show. You're going to love it. And uh, let's dive in. Okay, so today's episode... Baby, we are talking about self-esteem because something that has always bothered me about the conversation in our society about self-esteem is that bitches really like to pretend that we live in a fucking vacuum and they call it self-esteem, but it's like everybody around me contributed to that. Now, mind you, I used to be one of those people who was like, I think I think it was like Cat Williams or somebody who made the joke who was like, it's called self-esteem, not we esteem. And I used to think that was so funny. But like I said, how I used to behave in the past is completely different from how I behave now, especially because a lot of my politics have changed. And it's changed because when you when I think about how I grew up, I was essentially deemed non-desirable or undesirable I should rather say big dark skin short hair and when you have constantly people reminding you of that I'm talking close family members like in the immediate household people who go who you go to church with like I can I can just keep on going like little boys that you used to go to school with little girls that you used to go to school with teachers adults everybody is constantly reminding you and projecting their ideas that they absorb from the current superstructure right absorbing these ideas about your beauty and about what about or about beauty and what you should look like and then projecting that onto you from a very young age if you go to my first episode of this show I talk about um fat phobia and like dissecting it and my experience with it and one of the things I talk about in the short story that I read was of the play auntie not really my mama's sister but we're in community with all these other Nigerian people that we go to church with who she you know after church everyone's in my mom's small two-bedroom apartment and I just remember just crowded of just like Nigerians in that small ass um, apartment and all the kids waiting to eat pizza and she grabs my plate and she goes you can only have two slices of pizza because you're fat and (laughs) I was just like, oh, okay. Like what, I'm like five years old. Like, what am I supposed to say to that? You grow up in a culture where you're as a woman you and a child, not even just a woman, but people, like you're a child, a younger person. You're, the default is always for you to be submissive and you can't defend yourself. So I can't fight back at five years old and stick up for myself where that's what I felt like at the time. I'm not able to fight back and, and, and care for myself and be like, hey, like you shouldn't say that. Or even like grab an adult, be like, hey, this bitch is like not allowing me to eat food 
can someone do something about this? So not only does she like grab my plate, she also like gets the pizza for me and gets like the smallest, two crustiest, dry ass pieces of pizza. Meanwhile, her sons are like going to town on like five, six, seven, eight, nine slices of pizza. No child, regardless of, of their size, sex, gender, age, whatever, it doesn't fucking matter. No child should be eating seven to eight, nine, ten slices of pizza. Like, unless you didn't feed them all day like I don't even know but like it's the fact that I was like directly pinpointed right so take take that over or carry that over into elementary school to middle school like I get on the bus one day and <laughs> and it, it seems funny now but it wasn't funny back then but I get on the bus one day I'm eating my pop tart just like everybody else aha uh-huh, fat ass you sitting up here eating a pop tart okay nigga so are you like <laughs> But because you're big, everybody got something to say about what you're eating. So now it's also with uh, looks. There was this one guy, I cannot remember his name for the life of me. But every single day he would like complain. This is like back in the fifth grade. He would complain that his hair or not complain or brag that his hair was longer than mine. And every day just like fucking torment me like, man, if I'm in, you're supposed to be Africans. Africans are, are normally pretty. And why are you so damn dark? And they be having long hair, like long, long hair. Like, why don't you? Why ain't you pretty like that? Why don't you? Oh, like, does it matter? <laughs> is the way that I'm looking on the burst, is that affecting you? Is this stopping you from learning how to read? Why are you so concerned? <laughs> but it was it was stuff like that every single day. Or I remember at a brief time, I had stepbrothers, right? And I remember they was talking about like you can you like when you're a kid and you like walk into like these adult conversations you're not supposed to walk into, especially when like the people themselves aren't technically adults yet. They're just like older people. And so like I remember these, you know, boys who are supposedly my stepbrothers talking about all these girls who are, oh, she's bad. This, she's bad. And, oh, she fine as hell. And then, of course, because <laughs> I'm like asking, oh, well, am I pretty? Eh, you're not really pretty. You're like average. You, you would be prettier. You would be better if you, if you lost weight or if you weren't, if you were light skinned. Like literally people like filling your head and I was like I remember that one time briefly because I did ask but there were every other single fucking time I did not ask and I don't know if I in that moment as a child if I was like searching for validation or like I just wanted to get an opinion like okay like what is it that people think about me because people are calling me ugly every single day so like I want to hear it from what they you know think but obviously and I wouldn't do that now but and I was a child but at the same time I was just like so what's it going to take? Because <laughs> I'm tired of, be, of people telling me that I'm not good enough, telling me that I'm not pretty enough, telling me that I'm ugly, telling me that I'm this. And that had a horrible effect on my self-esteem. I absolutely fucking hated myself. I hated going to school. I hated going school shopping. I hated shopping for clothes because it was always going to come down to, oh, well, you would have nicer things if you lost weight and you'd be able to wear, see, look at your sisters. They're skinny. They can wear, God damn, like a bitch can't get a fucking break. So going back to, you know, uh, it's essentially, like I said, projections from society. I'm struggling with my weight, struggling with like my, my hair, colorism. And I'm just like, at the end of the day, if everyone in society is telling me that I'm ugly, I'm just going to believe I'm ugly. So let me just go ahead and get the right in these homeworks. <laughs> let me just go ahead 
and get to uh, reading these books and cracking off these jokes because I was just like, okay, well, if I can't be accepted in society of being desirable, I'm going to be accepted in society for being smart and being intelligent. I'm also going to be accepted in society for making people feel comfortable around me. And then that's where I get to like the constant need to perform and like prove my humanity to people by making them laugh and making them feel comfortable and safe around me and so I I love the compliment when people come up to me like oh my god you're so funny like wow you're hilarious you should go into like stand-up comedy and I'm like oh my god thank you like everyone said I was unfuckable in high school (laughs) so (laughs) so I just you know I read books and I (laughs) just started writing these fucking jokes it's it's played a toll on me throughout my life but also as an adult because when we think of self-esteem at least for me when I think of self-esteem it's played a toll in my life because I'm at the point where I see all of the people around me in relationships I see all of the people around me like having babies one of the reasons why I don't date and I don't think anybody ever knew this when I was 13 there was this boy in like middle school I don't even remember the child's name But he went up to one of my friends and was like, hey, I want to be F Menace's boyfriend. Ask her if she wants to be my girlfriend. And I was like, oh, great. This is amazing. Like, this will be my first boyfriend. This will be great. And I felt so validated in that moment. Finally, someone like likes me or thinks that I'm pretty. I go the next day. And when my friend tells me that, I say, okay, well, tell him I have to ask my mom first. Um because I'm I may not be allowed to have a boyfriend at the time I go my mom picks me up from school and I ask her if I can have a boyfriend <laughs> and this woman slams the brakes on the car and she goes no you cannot have any boyfriend because if you have boyfriends you will get pregnant and besides men don't like big women anyway because if you want to have a boyfriend you need to lose weight And so at 13 years old, that absolutely, I'm trying so hard not to like fight tears. At 13 years old, that absolutely damaged me to my core. And I was like, oh, so if my own mother is saying this stuff, then it absolutely must be fucking true. So I didn't date. And every time, even to this day, people will ask me, like my friends were like, well, why don't, you know, how, why don't you do like uh, a tinge to uh, (laughs) hinge tinder or, you know, why don't you like go out on dates and stuff? This is like before the pandemic. And I'll just say, Oh, you know, I'm just focusing on school or, Oh, you know, I just, you know, I just want to, you know, focus on myself first. I want to get therapy. No, the real reason is because I thought that I did not have any value as a fat woman and that I would be like I, I that I don't deserve to date anybody. Ooh, this this is gonna be a tough fucking episode for me to get through, bitch. Cause I am trying so hard not to cry. And the reason why is because one or two people in my life trying to tell me that oh you're pretty or you're this or or you're pretty for a big girl, or you're pretty for a dark skin girl. That does not undo 29 years of the world and immediate family members constantly reminding me of what I look like and how undesirable I am as a fat dark skin black woman and so when you when you hear these things from your friends right because you know we make these great friends in college and I hear the things from my friends like oh you should date and you should put yourself out there I remember one time my friends wanted to make me a dating profile and it's like how do I tell all these women 
who are conventionally attractive and relatively thin, who are not fat, that I have so much anxiety about dating because I have stomach and I have a high back bell pepper flat booty, (laughs) cellulite thighs. And like, how do I tell them that I don't feel attractive enough to want to date somebody where I think that nobody thinks that I am attractive. And sure, I don't think that way about myself too much now, but let me tell you something. It, it hasn't really all the way changed, if that makes sense. Like we can sit up here and be like, oh yeah, like I've went through this journey and I've, I hated myself before. And then I found out that self-love was the best love. And now I'm, I'm just, Man, I'm sorry, but that's just such bullshit because every day I get on Instagram and be like, I want a BBL. <laughs> I want liposuction. <laughs> I, I want to be slim, thick. And why do you want to be slim, thick? Because the way that desirability is projected onto specifically black women, I'm only talking about black people, black experience. If other people can relate to it, then fine. That's great. But as a black woman, you get on social media and the people who have the clicks and the likes and the reposts and they're getting flown out to all these places, it gives the imagery or the understanding that you have to look a certain way in order for people to find value in you. And then now, so now here come the self-love arbitrators, right? Oh, well, don't let Instagram, Instagram, and don't let Instagram validate you and you should only validate yourself. I, I know that, but it's also validating to have other people validate you. Like, let's not sit up here and act and pretend that it doesn't feel good to get a compliment. Let's not sit up here and act and pretend that it doesn't feel nice to be recognized for your looks. As vapid and as vain as that sounds, it absolutely feels good that someone comes to you in a respectful way and it's like, hey, I think you're pretty. And when you've had the exact opposite happen to you over and over and over again, what 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 am I supposed to do? There's only so many self-help and self-love books that I can read to the point where I'm like, okay, yeah, great. Love yourself or no, or you can't love anybody else. Man, that's motherfucking bullshit because in the moment that I am now, I do love myself. I just realized that beauty is currency. I do love myself. I just realized that, People respect you when they find you attractive because I've absolutely been disrespected for being fat. I've absolutely been picked on and disrespected for being a big girl, for being dark skinned, for having short hair. So if did, like I said, if these are the things that are constantly happening to you over the course of 20 plus years, it's really hard to just be like, oh, love yourself. I actually did it myself. Yeah, love yourself. Like that's fucking fairy tale motherfucking bullshit. Like I've absolutely considered how much it would cost to like do bariatric surgery, like weight loss surgery. But that's literally my father died because he had complications with bariatric surgery. I've absolutely contemplated like, hmm, how much weight do I need to lose to actually be eligible to go and get a BBL? Or, you know, and if it's not that, you know, contemplating the surgeries, it's literally putting my body at risk in the gym and doing these fucking hardcore workouts because again, the desirable people, the thin people, the thick fit people, they take over Instagram because this is what is considered beautiful in our society, especially in the West. And so now you've got people 
who are like, oh, you don't need a BBL, just go in the gym. Okay, so I go in the gym and the workout be the workout be like do 75 squats, 10 back burners, 10 upper downers, five circuits each, do a three minute circuit, do CrossFit ballet, and then you need to go run sprints on the treadmill for 30 minutes. Bitch, I'm not doing all of that motherfucking bullshit. I'm not doing all that shit. Bitch, I'm fucking tired. And now with my disabilities, when I'm having uh, flare-ups with endometriosis, it's even fucking harder to go work out. Because I think I told y'all before in previous episodes, bitch, I, a bitch got anemia, a bitch got diabeticals, a bitch got motherfucking uh, endometriosis. So I did not know that because I was hemorrhaging so much because of my cysts, I lost so much. I was losing so much blood every day that I became anemic. I didn't even fucking know that. I remember like earlier years when I was a child, I got a test for like anemia at the nurse's office. She was like, yeah, you have anemia. And I'm like, how you know I got anemia, girl? But we never did anything about it because hmm, bitches don't have motherfucking health insurance because you motherfucking poor. So now I'm sitting up here. I'm in the motherfucking hospital because it's the third time this year I was in the hospital back in November. And the doctor's like, hey, like your iron levels are at six. <laughs> and I said, six what? He said, no, it's just six. <laughs> A bitch only has six plates of iron. I only had six blood platelets of iron, y'all. Please, I was so ill. <laughs> and every time I go to the doctor and get blood drawn, they're like, hey, your iron levels are pretty low. Take some iron pills. And I, of course, don't listen. And of course, I take extremely hot showers, doy, <laughs> which is also probably depleting my iron. I remember when I moved into my apartment, I was like, boom, I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to grow the body. I'm going to have me a gym body. I'm going to have me a big old ass and a snatched waist. Girl, don't none of that shit matter when you can't fucking walk, when your cysts are rupturing and spinning and it feels like someone is slicing your body in half with a jacksaw. Literally, that's how much fucking pain I was in. And then you have to recover because not only are you in pain, but you're hemorrhaging. So throughout the time, I'm every single time I'm just sitting over here putting myself through turmoil and harming my body from overly working out because I'm like oh I'm trying to get this body I'm trying to get this body because I want to be boosted in my self-esteem I want to look a certain way when I post pictures I want people to be like oh you look amazing you look this and not oh my god I love your confidence if y'all say that confidence shit one more fucking time for a big girl that shit is not motivating I don't know why you're saying you like my confidence because, bitch, I'll tell you something now. I'm not confident. I'm not. So <laughs> shout out to Joanna because she's absolutely fucking hilarious. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not confident, and and so is the and I'm not confident because motherfuckers in my entire life have told me that I was ugly. So now I have a conversation with one of my homegirls. I was telling her, I was like, yeah, like you know, when we was in school and stuff, I everyone told me that I was ugly, so I just believed that I was ugly. And she was like, huh, as pretty as you are, you just thought you was ugly. I was like, people never told me that I was pretty. Like, and then she says, oh, well, people never told you you were pretty probably because you exude confidence. So people think that you already know that. And I'm like, no, I absolutely don't know that because the majority of people in my life um, who have told me other things were just completely different than that, if that makes sense. I know I'm talking in circles or whatever. But basically, when you're, everybody your whole life, like I've been saying, been telling you that you're ugly, why would I believe that I'm pretty? So then, more recently, I had a conversation with another friend where she was like, you know, hey, you know, now that you've got your own apartment, you know, like, 
you are you gonna date and I told her about how I opened up with my therapist where I was like I got mad every time I went to the doctor's office because they kept asking me about if I wanted children because they're trying to devise my treatment plan and I get mad at that part when the nurse practitioner or my gynecologist asked me if I want a child because all I feel is who the fuck would want to have a child with me and as sad as it may sound the issue barrels or or goes back to you not being validated in your beauty for over 20 plus years and 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 there's only so much therapy and self-love that I can do to combat that because now I'm living in isolation like I said I'm high risk so you know people are you know handling the pandemic the best way that they know how but for me I'm living in isolation and and I'm not a person who like you know fishes for compliments but I'm also not dating I'm not seeing friends I'm essentially really just in my apartment recording these motherfucking podcasts <laughs> because not only do I want a hobby but I also am, am I'm trying to get that sponsorship money but anyway <laughs> um yeah I, I pretty much deal with self-esteem and no matter what politics that I learn whether it be leftist politics whether it be understanding fat liberation and delving into fat liberation politics um trying to release my internalized fat phobia I am still dealing with self-esteem and and and, or having low self-esteem and and it's it's so sad because it's like you learn those new politics or you learn these new ideologies, but you're still dealing and internalizing the shame that you've had your entire life. And I'm being so honest. I don't know how to fucking combat that. I don't really believe that there's, there's a, an amount of, you know, chakra meditation or motherfucking whatever to, to uplift you from that. Because even there are people who have the BBLs, who have these bodies, who who have the the desirability that we're all looking for or not say all or a lot of us are looking for in these Instagram models and influence and stuff like that and they will come out every once in a while and be like I'm unhappy I don't think I'm pretty I put on you know I wear this makeup and I, I do this stuff and I have this all this maintaining to look a certain way but deep down I don't feel like that like feel like I'm pretty either so we're really all going through it absolutely there are others who are going, you know, who are going through this worse than others. But at the same time, I'm just saying like self-esteem is is actually communal. And we pick up self-esteem and how we view ourselves and how we portray ourselves from the people that are around us and the society that is around us. And if you constantly have people telling you negative things about yourself, then how else are you supposed to see yourself? You know, growing up in school when I was in like seventh grade, it's always seventh grade. Seventh grade is such a fucking awkward ass time. I literally lied to all my friends that my mom took me to the store and bought me all this designer. We didn't have no fucking money. I told them that they, that my mom bought me Gucci and baby fat and FUBU. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm old. Cause don't nobody wear none of the, none of that baby fat and FUBU no more. And they was like, okay, bring it to school tomorrow. Wear it to school. Wear your new clothes to school. And I pulled a full R. Kelly when they pulled my card and I started crying. I'm getting tired of this shit, man every day like I was just crying and they was just sitting there looking at me like girl if you don't have it just say that but I would lie and say all sorts of things about myself because I just had such low self-esteem because the other girls at school they did have looks and they were pretty and boys liked them and 
you know, they, they did have the designer clothes and I didn't have that. So I was like, okay, well, I can't lie. <laughs> I can't lie about having designer clothes anymore. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put myself in these books and I'm going to be number one in my class. And I'm going to make sure that I, the teachers know who I am for being smart. And that's what I did. And I think I, I like not so like I hide behind intellect because that has like become my thing because that was the thing that I found to be validated in. That was the thing that teachers were like, Efemina, you're so smart. Oh my God, the person who made the highest mark on the test was Efemina. Oh, Efemina has a reading level at 12th grade and she's only in the seventh grade. Oh my God, Efemina did so well on her math test. Oh my, so when you, when I found what I was validated in, Oh, that's where I was like, oh, I'm going to go to where they like me. This beauty shit, I'm going to leave that shit alone. This dressing shit and having nice clothes and, and having a nice body, I'm going to leave that shit alone since apparently motherfuckers ain't never going to ever accept me for that. A motherfucker was calling me ugly, calling me dark skin, calling me bald. And mind you, it's not to sit, not to sit here and say that I wasn't defending myself because when I did lean into my intellect, oh, I absolutely did defend myself, bitch. A motherfucker one day, I, I don't even remember these people's names, but I remember their, their impact. He was sitting up here talking about, he called me a gorilla in the mist. And I called him a prom night dumpster baby. <laughs> I was like, nigga, your mama work at the trophy club. Shut the fuck up talking to me. Like, I had the comebacks because, the, like, you wasn't finna fucking sit up here and just call me whatever. So, yes, I, I leaned into the intellectuality of it all, but I still felt very unpretty and not beautiful and in a world that is very anti-intellectual when no ain't nobody outside of school trying to validate you for your for your books hey baby man I, I like the way you read that Shakespeare I real like that on the dead homies like ain't nobody coming out here saying no shit like that <laughs> the point being even though <laughs> that I regard myself and I believe in myself to be smart and witty and funny and intellectual sometimes it feels like none of that shit matters because that's not what is you know what I'm saying like that's not what's the current thing and I think it's a lie for people to act like they're so alienated that they don't want to be a part of like social like or, or parasocial relationships or parasocial apparatus like don't sit up here and, and act like you don't want to be accepted and you don't want to be you know a part of everything I absolutely recognize my individuality but I also recognize that I'm a human being and I've been socialized in you know that we social not I've been socialized because we're all socialized we're social creatures but like I've been socialized to like want to be like accepted like absolutely I still struggle and I still deal with that I want to feel included and I want to feel loved and I want to feel cared for and I, I, I crave like intimacy with like platonic relationships familiar relationships building those bonds with people and even extending to like romantic relationships like I want to feel those things and I think for so long I've denied myself access to that because I'm just like well you don't deserve that because of the way you look you don't deserve that because you know your stomach isn't on flat flat and you don't have a cinched waist and you don't have a big back big old big old banger Megan the stallion booty like you don't have you know you don't you don't look like that so therefore you don't deserve any of the validation and I'm tired of feeling like that and honestly in this episode like I said before like I don't think I will ever find a solution for it and I think that's okay for me 
doing this podcast is also realizing and accepting that there are some topics that I will talk about that I will not have an answer to. And for me, self-esteem is just going to be one of those things. Because what if I do find somebody and we're so in love and I still absolutely feel this way? What if I, I'm, I get into this romantic relationship with this person and they validate me in every ways that I want to be validated and we know each other's love languages and I still feel so absolutely horridly ugly and so this is just gonna be something that I have to work with for the rest of my natural born life you know so so I think for now my thing is more at least my takeaway is self-esteem is not created in a vacuum we have projections put onto us desires forced onto us failures from other people pushed onto us and so you know that shapes our reality it shapes our image of ourselves and, you know, it's it's going to be a journey to build my self-esteem back up. And I think a lot of people will be able to relate to that. At the end of the day, I didn't get here by my damn self. And so I don't think I'm going to be able to get out of this rut of low self-esteem by myself. I think it's going to take community. I think it's going to take you know, the actions of building a better, a softer world of being kind and careful with each other and, and honestly really abolishing a lot of the structures of how we got here. Like the body shaming, the fat phobia, the, you know, the white supremacy, a lot of that stuff. We're going to have to really, really dig deep, not only within ourselves, but branch out into our society and challenge our customs challenge our cultures like challenge these things that are very harmful and that cause emotional violence to everybody for generations and yeah it's gonna take some time because if it took 29 years to build me down I can't imagine that it's gonna be built up over in the course of one therapy session or 30 days or a year or two years I may be battling this my whole life but one thing I, I know about me when it comes to this self-esteem stuff, I'm definitely going to need community. So if there's anybody out there who is also dealing with this type of things, then yeah, reach out to me. We can encourage each other. We can help each other. We can unlearn politics, like bad internalized things we've learned over the years about ourselves. And yeah, we can just love on each other because yes, self-love is important, but I'm not going to be able to self-love my way out of this bullshit. <laughs> I need some help. So, yeah. And with that being said, let's take a quick commercial break. What's going on, my orchids? It's your girl, Fluid Flower, letting you know that you can now support the podcast with a monthly gift on Anchor.fm. Go to the Fluid Thoughts Pod Instagram page or at Fluid Flower on TikTok and click on the Linktree link in my bio and select the monthly support option. Child, you can support with a dollar a month and now still be happy. <laughs> and if you can't support, stream, like, share, subscribe. Now let's get back to the show. And we're back. Um, we are back and it is now time for thoughts of the orchids. And I want to pick some of your brains about some of these things that I have been thinking about. Okay. A couple weeks ago, there was a rapper named Mano who um, he went on Angela Yee's lip service and discussed um, one of his kinks is that he likes to be called the N-word by white women who are his uh, sexual partners. <sighs> now, 
I did not know race play was a thing until I had a Tumblr. Now, while I personally um, am trying to understand, you know, sexual liberation, but understand sexual liberation outside of a neoliberal apparatus, I think for me, um, that should not belong. (laughs) Race play does not belong in uh, sexual liberation. My idea of sexual liberation is just taking the shame out of liking sex I know for me this is this is very uncomfortable for me to talk about because I was raised in a Christian household that absolutely emphasized abstinence and it that abstinence was like reiterated like at schools like in the church so for me even like coming on here and like talking about sex is like like oh my god my family's gonna hear this but sex is literally how all of us got here um I also think that a part of sexual liberation is also understanding like forms and factors of consent and what that looks like um and how that is deferred from how people behaved you know hundreds two hundreds of years ago or even 50 and 60 years ago but (laughs) I do not think race play um is included in that because I even think it kind of ties into this whole idea, this whole theme of this episode of self-esteem, because you have to be going through some sort of generational trauma where you would take slavery and you would find pleasure in that. And in that pleasure, you are the one who is being debased because you are black. And so you're playing the slave. And it's just like, where, where did you niggas go wrong? (laughs) I want to hear y'all's thoughts because I have heard, I remember it was so long ago and I know people bring him up all the time. Charlemagne, the God, there was an episode. Cause I used to watch, uh, what is that fucking show on MTV guy code and girl code? Okay. There was an episode of guy code where Charlemagne, the God was like, Oh, I love sleeping with white woman. You see this tiny white woman and this big black whatever just banging the shit. I was like, whoa, what the fuck? And like that was like the day that I stopped watching it because I was like, why does that turn you on? Like, why can't you just be sexually attracted or physically attracted to the person that you're with? Why did you literally have to make it like a race thing? Like, I thought that was so fucking weird. So I have been exposed to the minds of certain men who really get off on that shit. And I'm just like, I think that you may have low self-esteem to make, if you feel the need to make yourself feel bigger or better than, than what the reality is, because society is constantly telling you that you as a, a black man are inferior and this, that, and the third, and you feel like, oh, you can have some kind of power by sleeping with this white woman. Something is wrong. The wires got crossed somewhere and they never made the connections because that should not be a thing, at least for me. What do y'all think? Because I just think that's absolutely disgusting. Like it is, I know people like don't kink shame and I know how people may be or may even react poorly to this, but race play, I'm sorry that we got to draw the line somewhere. That shit is nasty as fuck. You should not be debasing or degrading anybody because of their race. And the fact that this is a black person, like I'm really shocked by this. And apparently he's not the only one because there are TikTok trends where there are black women who are, there's like a TikTok sound that is like, dun, dun, 
Dun, who you with? Bitch my, and then instead of saying bitch my nigga, goes, bitch my slave. And, like, they ask, like, their boyfriends, their white boyfriends to, like, hold their shirts in a manner that it looks like they're tugging on it very forcefully. And they catch, like, their white boyfriend's reaction. And I'm just like, y'all are absolutely fucking insane. Like, there was another girl who made a um, TikTok. Um, what's, what was that song? It went like, I found you, nigga. Don't you run from me, little nigga. <laughs> And there were like people who were in interracial relationships, like a black woman is like running and then her white partners running after her during that specific part of the song. And I'm just like, your ancestors didn't die for this bullshit. <laughs> like y'all stand up, stand up, like weak in the fucking knees out here. Like it's, I'm sorry, but it's bad for y'all. I don't have those issues because I this no like as far as like my romantic desires it's black over here okay but as but but that shit that's absolutely fucking batshit crazy like you would never catch me you could write this down take a picture remember it honey you will never catch me doing no motherfucking slave play race play bullshit on a motherfucking <laughs> for a tiktok trend bitch you motherfucking crazy what's that sound from dr umar i'm opening up a hospital for mentally ill negroes (laughs) and i'm not trying to make light of like mental illness because i'm just saying like i do think there is a low self-esteem here but me just finding like the 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 hilarity in it i'm just like y'all i'm gonna be praying for you we i i want us to do better i want more for us and I really want y'all to stop doing this race play shit because you're so much better than that. Like, you don't need to be validated by a white person in romance, in sex. I'm not saying that you can't have a white partner. What I am saying is <laughs> don't don't partake in this nonsense. There are absolutely who are people who are in interracial relationships who love each other for the person that they have found regardless of their skin color. But there are a lot of you bitches. <laughs> who specifically have found a person of another race because you are dealing with feelings of inferiority and low self-esteem because of the societal projection onto you. And now you feel validated that, oh, I have a white partner. And then you be doing these stupid ass, dumb ass fucking TikTok trends and your ancestors are rolling in your grave. Somebody had to say it. I don't know if you heard it from me the first time, but you need to stop doing that shit. You and your white partner should be ashamed. You cannot bring your white wife <laughs> If it's one thing Dr. Umar gonna do, he gonna give you a sound, honey, a sound bite. You may not bring your white wife. If you bring your white wife to my training, you and your white wife will be escorted out of my training. (laughs) But honestly, I say all these things out of love and out of jest. But yeah, please, we need to we need to stop the race play. Well, girls, gays, thems, days, that about wraps up the show. Be sure to follow me at Fluid Flower at fluid thoughts pod i am on instagram tiktok um check out my link tree you can support the show um because let me tell you something i just posted on tiktok about i paid my rent and my light bill and a bitch had two dollars left 
Um, shout out to my older sister for sending me some money so I don't be out here looking crazy. But yeah, um, it's it's getting a little hard out here for a pimp. So you know, if you want to support the podcast, you know what I'm saying, homie, pour it out for the dead homies. Cause I be reading books and shit. <laughs> no, but seriously, thank you all for your support. Even if you can't be like a monthly subscriber, like I said in my commercial, you can like, stream, share, and subscribe, and tell all your friends. Um, everyone needs to be a part of the Fluid Thoughts family. So, until next week, it's been real. And I will see you later.